kings and queens. Thanks for tuning in to the Honeycomb Collective Podcast, a space where men and women of color elevating together is the norm. This podcast celebrates the wins and addresses the dark places often encountered throughout the Black experience, cultivating mental and emotional health and well-being. I am your host, Brittany Harris, a licensed social work therapist in Baltimore, Maryland. It's important to note this podcast should not be used as a substitute for regular relationship with a mental health clinician. Now, it's time to turn up your headphones and turn down all distractions. Welcome to the sweet, safe space that is the Honeycomb Collective. Welcome back to the Honeycomb Collective. I'm so glad to have y'all back another week. So before we get started, before we jump into it, let's go over the rules. If you're a newcomer, we welcome you with love to the sweet safe space that is the Honeycomb Collective. At the same time, boo-boo, there are rules. Yes, honey, rules. You have them everywhere you go. You ready? The number one rule, always add honey on top of the tea. Spill the tea and let's have some good laughs, but add substance and value to the conversation as well. And if you can't, then refer to rule number two, which is sip your tea quietly. And if you can't do that either, then be prepared to be booted from the collective with the same love that we welcomed you in with. Hashtag gotta go. But you can still come to yoga and shop for crystals though. So... Hey y'all, I'm so glad to have y'all back another week and this week I actually have a special guest here. This person is very near and dear to my heart. This is one of my good, 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 good friends and I'm so excited to have him here with me and to have him um, on the podcast, on the episode today. So I want y'all to give it up and show some love for my one of my dear friends, one of my pieces of my heart, Mr. Lamar or Marky. It could be either or. <laughs> Mr. Marky. <laughs> What's going on, Collective? I'm so honored to be here. Brittany, I'm so proud of you. I have, I, I actually am a member of the Collective. I listen. <laughs> I listen. So I'm so glad and honored to be on. Yay. Well, thank you. So, yes, I'm so glad to have another another member of the collective here today. So we're going to chop it up and we got some good, good, good conversation for y'all today. We got some good stuff to get into. But before we go into the topic, um, just a recap, y'all. I apologize <laughs> because I missed last Tuesday and I actually had people sending me messages like, uh, hey, queen where's the episode for this week and i was like uh peace queen peace king uh it's somewhere in the ether <laughs> <laughs> listen this week alone has been with quarantine and then all the the stuff that's going on with the 
the protesting and the yes. riots yes. with George Floyd. It's, it's it's this week has been a lot. It's been it has definitely been a lot. Like I mean, I don't know. Even just being in day twenty one thousand of quarantine is a lot in and of itself. But definitely with the riots and the pro I mean the, the protesting that's going on and, and with with good cause, right? But um just it's it's just a lot. One of the things that constantly is just um bothering people is the fact that like we are always re-experiencing our trauma yeah because we're always like it it, it just seems like a never-ending thing where we turn on i mean we, we get on social media um or we turn on the news and we see another one of our brothers being just heinously and viciously murdered in cold blood cold blood and then not receiving any justice for it right in broad daylight like that police officer when i watched the video it was it was so hard for me to watch because just watching it you can tell that he just really did not care right and you could tell that he was really meaning to harm that man like and then to find out that there were two other police officers right on him right so that just like changed it even more like it was already bad but just to have you had three men on this man and holding him down and he did not do anything he didn't over a counterfeit bill supposedly alleged right exactly like that was way too much like and it's just it's it's so it's just so sad especially being a a african-american in america it's just it's bananas and it's almost like it's like i i just i I just honestly i feel like i don't even really have a lot of words for it anymore you know because it it constantly feels like a new hashtag yes you know what i'm saying it's like damn like how many how many of these hashtags are we going to have like how many people have to turn into hashtags until like change really happens and just to be completely honest, like I'm not like I'm not condoning violence, right? Because I people can always like take things and like twist them around real quick, right? But at the same time, while I uh, appreciate um, all that Dr. Martin Luther King did and stood for, I'm just like I'm tired of this protesting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired of this. At like this I'm tired. Point. Of, I'm tired of begging for freedom. At I'm this point, yeah. At begging, this point, begging for my life. Like it's the uprising. It has to happen. It has to happen. I was having a conversation with my best friend last night, and I was telling him like, I really, I get anxiety getting pulled over. Like, I'm not scared of the police officer. I'm more scared of what might happen, what right. the outcome might be, because. I actually got pulled over like a month ago mm-hmm. and the police officer actually said, you get pulled over a lot. I said, yeah. I said, that's a lot of times because they see a big African-American guy with dreads. So they right. assuming something is going on. Right. I used to drive a grandma key. You know, people automatically think that's a, a drug dealer. A car. Drug call, yeah. So I was getting pulled over almost once a week. It was crazy. And thank God that nothing has happened to the point where, you know, I have lost my life or anything has, you know. Right. Praise God. But, um, yeah, like, I was really telling him, like, I really get anxiety getting pulled over by the police officer, like, by police. Right. And 
I was just telling him like, you know, I really believe that some helpful tips for people of African-American descent is to um, not just record, but sometimes you might have to go live. Yeah. So that way, if something does happen, people, people are seeing see it live. Yeah. When you are recording it, it's easy for, I mean, something happened and something, you, ain't, you ain't even gonna be able to post it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right, so before, but before, cause that's, we, we, we gonna get into a lot of good stuff with, with, with what you were just talking about. But before we even go there, um, um, let me see. I got some announcements, right? Sorry, y'all. Brain fart. Y'all know that happens to me often. Um, but anyway, brain fart. I mean, announcements. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So Vibes Yoga uh, is continuing the chakra series this week. So we just wrapped up the heart chakra um, on last Saturday. And that class was absolutely amazing. I mean, like, it was so, the just the vibes, y'all, the energy, the frequency was just so high. Like, it was such an amazing class. We actually had um, a student fall asleep during the meditation. Like, that's how good the class See, was. See, that would have been me. I fall asleep. <laughs> I get too comfortable. <laughs> like, so, we just wrapped that up. This week, this Saturday, we're going to be... Um, exploring the throat chakra so definitely um check that out it's going to be saturday at 10 a.m eastern standard time all of vibes classes are virtual and they're only ten dollars guys it's only ten dollars so the the things that you the information and let's just say this the energy exchange the energy that you're receiving from the class versus the energy that you are exchanging to receive that energy from the class is not comparable. It's not comparable. Does that make sense? What you're getting from the class is worth far more than $10. So I'm gonna just put that out there, okay? Register for class at www.honeycombco.net and happy June. So we are actually recording this on Sunday the 31st, but you're not going to hear it until Tuesday, June 2nd. So happy June. Happy June. Honey June is here. Yes. Like, ain't that crazy? Yes. Like the, the, the year is flying by. It is. In quarantine. All because of quarantine. Because if we was doing stuff, then, I mean, I don't know. But if we were doing, usually when you're doing things, that makes time fly by. So, but we're not doing anything and time is flying by. So I don't, I don't know. But anyway, happy June. The Honeycomb Collective is having June sales in honor of PTSD Awareness um, Month because June is PTSD Awareness Month. Um, um, the Honeycomb Collective is having 20% off of all amethyst items. So amethyst um, is a crystal, it's a stone that is directly related to or can assist with um, different forms of trauma. So, and depression and anxiety. And so um, there is, if you wanna learn more about that, we can talk about that on another podcast, not today. But anyway, check it out. Go ahead and grab your amethyst items. You can grab your amethyst necklace, crystal, I mean your necklace, bracelet, ring, whatever. Grab it up. It's 20% off all month. In celebration of Pride this month, 
um, the Honeycomb Collective is having 20% off all Rose Quartz items. So Rose Quartz is the universal stone of love, right? And because love is love and we are celebrating the fact that love is love um, regardless of what society deems it's supposed to look like, right? Um, we are honoring pride and celebrating pride by having 20% off all of the Rose Quartz items this month. In addition to that, we have Father's Day this month, right? And so for Father's Day, there will be 30% off of select items. You can check those items out um, by going to www.honeycombco.net. That's where you can get all your crystals. Um, you can also uh, find the link for Vibes Yoga there and register for class. So now that we got that out the way, let's jump into this good topic. So we were talking about well, kind of like what I just mentioned that um, love is love, right? And so because it is the, the second, I was about to say the first of June. When you listen to this, it will not be the first of June. It will be the second of June. But because we are just coming into June, we want to celebrate and honor the month of pride. And you guys know that I like to have um, folks come on, different folks from the collective come on and just talk about their experience and share their experiences, right? Because we are the experts of our own lives. And there are certain things that I can speak on that other people cannot based on my experiences and, and vice versa, right? And so this is what the podcast is about. It's about the collective. And so... Um, Although society puts labels on um, love and identity and what it's supposed to look like and who we're supposed to be and who we're supposed to love, this month we want to just honor love in general. Did you know that there are really only two real emotions? That is fear and love. Mm. Fear vibrates on a very low frequency while love vibrates on an extremely high frequency. And when you're talking about like, okay, and so this, I'm going off, off topic a little bit, but it's all good. When you're talking about like, when you start getting into like manifestation, right? And we keep hearing, now we're starting to hear, that that's like a buzzword. Like mm -hmm. I'm manifesting, da, 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 da. But do you really even know what that means? Because you really, I mean, you you are in a way manifesting something, but you're not manifesting the things that you actually want to manifest if you're not vibrating on the frequency of love, which is the highest vibration, period, right? So, yeah, that's that. But anyway, getting into this good topic, right? I have my good friend Marky here with me, um, and I guess the... I guess my first question would be to you, Marky. So for for the listeners, right? Okay. Um, how do you identify? For me, I identify as a heterosexual black woman. What would how would you identify just based on the fact that society puts labels on identification? Okay, to um, label it, I will label myself as a homosexual black male. Right. Okay. So Coming from that, or stemming from that, um, when did you realize that you identified as homosexual? Um, so, it took some time. Um, you know, most growing up religious, um, you know, the church kind, you know, they condemn 
you know, you feeling a certain way towards the same sex. It's like, you know, people were here to procreate. Um, it's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Right. Um, so growing up, I always had a curiosity. It was I was always curious, mm-hmm. but it was, you know, I couldn't act on anything or do anything because being being raised in the in the church. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I'm not supposed to feel this way. These are, that's a demon. You know, I'm going to pray it out. Um, And I've never really had, growing up, I never really had conversations with anyone about those feelings. So it was just something I dealt with when I was younger. Um, But getting in, growing up and um, going to college, you know, I was exposed to the gay community more Mm -hmm. so I would say college is kind of where I really identified as myself as okay I'm homosexual Mm -hmm. I like what I like Mm -hmm. yeah what was that like like coming to that like realization um just within yourself like coming to like that honesty point for yourself so what really took me there to become even like become comfortable with it because being like I said being raised in a church it was something like I had to become comfortable with that I'm homosexual um a little story so after I you know came home back home from college I came in the house one day um I was staying with my grandmother at the time and you know I just it was normal just walked in the house and she said, I got something to ask you. My grandmother's very blunt, mm-hmm. as most African-American grandmothers are. <laughs> I know. I've met, so met your grandmother. <laughs> she just come out, is you gay? I was like, oh, wow. That's what I was saying on the inside. <laughs> like, because you knowing me and people who are close to me knowing me, I'm a very private person. Right. So me even having this conversation today is a thing for me because, like, I don't really speak on my, you know, sexuality or anything. So today is a big, a big step for me as well. Right. So when she asked me that, I was like taken back. I was like, okay. In my head, on that split second, I was like, okay, I'm either going to lie or I'm just going to, you know, come out. Yeah. So it just came out. I was like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But the next part of it was the hurting part. Her first thing that she said out of her mouth was, what is your father going to say? And I just shrugged my shoulder and I was just like, yeah, it is what it is. And, you know, it was, at the time, it was her ignorance. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, a lot of people of my grandmother's generation they are more of the people who are more concerned about what others are going to think of you. Yeah. So they were raised to, you know, put put things in a closet. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't you don't say that out loud. Mm-hmm. You don't say that around people. Yeah. So she had just noticed that I be, I just became more comfortable with myself and that, um, you know, I would I just wasn't. You know, trying to be over over masculine about everything. I was just, you know, really becoming myself and being comfortable with being myself. So, you know, I just had to have a conversation with her, and I was like, "Look, 
it's different levels to this. <laughs> Straight like that. To make, you know, so she can understand it better. I was like, it's different levels to this. I said, I'm homosexual, but I don't, I'm not out here wearing no dress. I'm not out here wearing makeup. The same person I'm in the house, the same person you see is the same person I'm outside. Right. So I'm not making, you know, making the family look bad mm-hmm. or anything. I'm just, I am who I am. Right. So, you know, over time she has become very comfortable with it. Um, I have brought, you know, a couple of, you know, guys I've talked to around her and she's, you know, kick it with them. So she's... She's very open and comfortable with it now. Yeah, but it was like having to like teach her how to get to that point. You know, because you said something that was very, um, that's very true. And it's like true across the board. It's not even just with like sexuality or with um, identity, right? But even when I'm thinking about um, just different um, experiences and even with mental health, right? This whole stigma or notion that uh, black people don't go to therapy thing, mm-hmm. right? This started, excuse me, with generations before us, you know, because um, what's the one thing that that our mamas and our grandmamas always said? Uh, I know for me, one of the things that I always heard was what happens in my house stays in my house. Right. That That's the golden rule. You don't go outside sharing our business no. outside like what happens in my house stays in my house right but that's also how and not to say i'm not saying that i had traumatic experiences within my household thank god i praise god for that but that that notion keeps us stuck in traumatic experiences it it, it makes us like it keeps us trapped right, right. And so that's like, it's almost parallel to what you were just describing. That feeling of being trapped because, you know, I can't, I can't make my family look bad or I can't, or like, you know, this is not how I was raised or I can't necessarily share this information because of X, Y, and Z. Exactly. You know, um, I'm glad you found your liberation. I'm glad I did too, because like like I was saying, just to deal with that alone, and before I actually had, you know, that conversation with my grandmother, I have some very supportive friends, and they, you know, I had a conversation with them after it happened, and I was like, you know, because I was like, I guess this is my come out. I didn't have no big come out of where, like, I'm waving the rainbow flag like look at me i'm here i'm queer (laughs) (laughs) but it was more of you know it was just it was a big exhale i didn't have to because the god honest truth Mm -hmm. growing up i was always with african-americans people say oh he a little feminine he got a little sugar in his tank Mm -hmm. and it was the thing of i couldn't be myself like Growing up, like, I, it, it wasn't something, I guess it was subconsciously learned or anything, yeah. but, you know, the first thing growing up when a little boy started crying, man up. Right. You can't cry. Right. Um, the other thing of, you know, just from your walk, like, 
make sure that you're not switching too much. Mm-hmm. This just might be my natural walk. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, make sure you don't switch. Like, make sure you're standing up right. Don't put your hands on your hip. That's the feminine. Right. Don't When you're drinking, don't put your pinky out. Make sure, you know, hold that cup. Right. <laughs> so, those were the things that hold were told that to me <laughs> when growing up. So, it's like... And, like, that's why, like, I'm glad that, you know... Because a lot of people say like homosexuality is too in the forefront now Mm -hmm. like it's 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 on tv it's on billboards it's everywhere Mm -hmm. um but i'm and a lot of people because they're like they're like it's kind of hard to explain to their children Mm -hmm. but now children are growing up with two of the same sex parents Mm -hmm. so you know you may not be ready to you know talk about it in your household with your child but they're going to school and they saying, you know, their friend, and they're like, "Hold on, where is you got two mothers? Right. You got two daddies? Right. Like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know. That's interesting. I mean, I, I guess that would be a question for you. How did you? How do you? <laughs> um, to be honest, we're not there yet. Okay. You know, cause he's still. So, I thoroughly believe in allowing children to, like, hold on to their innocence as long as as they can, you know? Um, Now, we don't live in, like, a fantasy world. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we celebrate Christmas and he gets toys and stuff, but he knows that his toys come from mommy. (laughs) And Bay, who is his grandma and daddy, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or TT, like, you know. So I, there are certain things that I'm just like, no, we're not, we we we're not doing it because I work too hard, and you need to understand right. that the things that you get are not given to you, but earn you earn them, right? So you earned this reward from your mom or your dad or your whoever, right? But. But I do, uh, I do believe in allowing children to maintain a certain level of like innocence. You know what I'm saying? And so that's why, like, I don't, my kid don't get, he don't get to watch everything. You know, like there, he don't get to listen to everything. Like there's certain things that I'm gonna, that I like to listen to. Like you know, trap music and certain stuff that I like to listen to that I'm just not gonna let him listen to because. Mm-hmm why it takes away from his innocence because now he's asking questions about well mommy what's this or what's that right. you know sometimes um you know sometimes <laughs> i like to indulge in <laughs> you know in a little herb so you know right. but i do that when he's not around right because i don't want to take away from his innocence now right. he's going to be asking me mommy what's that Smoking is bad. Like, you <laughs> right. know, like, like, you know, so, um, but when the time comes, I also, because I'm a, I, I'm a very, um, I'm a very open and accepting person, mm-hmm. you know, um, I love people. This is just who I am. I'm just a people kind of person and I'm teaching him to be the same way, you know? So like, even down to like, um, when we see, um, people who are impoverished or people who are less fortunate than we are right Mm -hmm. so maybe we riding down the street or whatever and i remember the first time we were riding down the street and we um and he really noticed that you know like on mlk it's a lot of like homeless homeless people there right and so we riding down mlk i remember this vividly and he this was his first time like really recognizing 
a homeless person and the guy came up to the window or whatever and, and I gave him a little a little money and so he looked at me and he said mommy why did you give that guy money like but it was like in a tone that was like why would you do that like you know <laughs> like he like, gave that to me exactly. <laughs> you know and I'm like and so I so I explained to him like well you know um he's less fortunate than we are like he doesn't have a home you know and he's like well, why doesn't he have a home and he was like but he was asking questions but to me it kind of felt like the way that he was asking the questions was as if something was wrong with with the guy because he didn't have a home and so for me it was a I I saw it as like a teachable moment okay you know so I was like well you know some people you know they just they have hard times like you know we have mommies and daddies that kind of like help us out you know some people don't have that and so they fall on hard times and they might not have any money to you know to to have a nice house or to have like and i started like relating it to the things that he likes right like mm -hmm. he likes his tv he likes his playstation and you know stuff like that like they not they, they don't have money to like you need money for these things right you know they may not even have money to eat right like they may not even have money to have food you mm -hmm. know and so and then i could see him starting to like understand it was kind of like like a light bulb it was clicking yeah like the compassion started to come on and so now like every time we ride past somebody who is experiencing homelessness you know he he may be he'll he actually does he says a prayer for them like oh, that's really he'll nice. just be like god please bless them god please let that man have a home or you know because he's five so that's it's sweet. a little five-year-old prayer right but it's teaching him to be open and accepting of people in general okay. not just the people that look like you or the people who act like you or the you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. just be open in general and so when that time comes when it's time for me to start explaining different things like that to him then i will mm -hmm. but um you know, for right now, no, I just <laughs> it let, just hasn't come. Yeah, it just hasn't come up yet. You know, he's still my baby's still on like uh, blazing the monster machines mm -hmm. and like yeah. you know stuff like that. So um, I try to let him be as innocent as possible. Now he is starting to say stuff like he got a crush on. Um, it's one little girl in his classroom who well in his class that he has a little that he feel like he got a crush on and I'm like well how you know you got a crush on her Braylon he told me so first of all first of all this is funny like the first day very first day of school and so here we go right because prime example because I had to even learn I had to I'm like alright I'm teaching him now I gotta teach myself too like you know so he attends a private school, right? So obviously at a private school, he's the minority there, right? right? Um, so the first day of school, he went to school, it was this little girl or whatever, a little white girl. And he comes home to me and I'm like, how was school? You know, I'm so I'm so excited because he's in pre-K and it's big boy school, right? right? So I'm like, how was school, boo? Tell me all about it. And he's like, yeah, so-and-so, whatever, whatever. He's telling me. So I'm like, did you make any friends? He's like, yeah. So he tell me the little girl name. I was like, okay, well, what about anybody else? Like, did you make any other friends? Sounds like, a little Caucasian. He, right, exactly. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, you know, he made other friends, but he really wanted to talk about this little girl. And so he said, I think I like her, mommy. I said, what do you mean, Braylon? What do you mean you think you like her? Like, what does that mean? You know, I want her to explain. He's like, because um, 
I put, what did he say? Because um, I touched her knee. He said, because I touched her knee and it felt good. Oh. <laughs> I said, I said the power in the knee. First of all, <laughs> don't be touching nothing. <laughs> she has some magical knees. Right. Lord. Don't be touching nothing. <laughs> but in my mind, I'm like, don't be breaking home. No, no. Mm-mm. You better bring something home with some pinky hair. But anyway. <laughs> So I had to like, you know, open, broaden my own horizons, right? But anyway, so yeah, um, when the time comes, mm-hmm. the time will come. Yeah, because I just look at um, Gabrielle Union and Dwayne Wade's situation with their um, their daughter, because mm-hmm. she, I mean, yeah, she identifies as a female. Right. So um, I'm not sure exactly how old they, she is. I but, think she's um, like 14 or 15 or something okay. like that. I think. I don't know. Don't go. Y'all don't. Don't. I yeah, might be wrong. The progression. Because growing up, you know, you didn't see too much of that of, you know, little kids being oh, able no. to do what they want to do. Mm-mm. And it was We didn't like, see that at all. Right. And to get back to my situation, it was just like, no, you don't play with no doll babies. Mm-hmm. You don't. No. That was girls over there. And. My, I guess the thing is, my parents seen it mm-hmm. growing up, but the thing is, they didn't want to, you know, we're not going to identify mm-hmm. with that. We're not going to even, and we're not, you know, we're not going to entertain that. Right. So it was, we're going to make him masculine. Like, they forced me to play football. Mm-hmm. When I saw you, I was in the newspaper for football, not because, you know, I did anything extravagant, mm-hmm. but my uniform stayed clean. Wow. <laughs> like, I had the cleanest uniform. <laughs> I was, I would hike the ball and get out the way. That's all I did. <laughs> you want me out here, I'm out here. But, um, like, there were things, like, I enjoyed playing baseball. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed um, doing karate and some things like that. But I was always into the arts. Mm-hmm. So, singing, acting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to a lot of people, you know, oh, he's artsy. You know, mm-hmm. that's. A lot of people see that people are more feminine who are into that type of thing. Or weird. Yeah. That's what I got. <laughs> I was weird. <laughs> I was the weird kid. I'm probably still weird as an adult to a lot of adults, but who gives a fuck? Right, because it was like, <laughs> you don't want to be out there with the boys? And I'm like, no, even like growing up in, in gym class, mm-hmm. the boys playing basketball, I'm turning the rope for the girls, the, <laughs> the jump rope. Like... <laughs> That was the other thing. Like, my parents were like, you know, you don't have too many male friends. Mm-hmm. What's going on? It was just like, not that I related. It was just, I had more of a connection with the females mm-hmm. than the males. I did have male friends. Mm-hmm. But I even had a male best friend. Mm-hmm. But um, that was straight and still is straight. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. It was just something that I could vibe with the girls more Mm -hmm. like you know but I just had to like I was saying about my grandmother I had to explain to her it's levels to this I'm not out here doing nothing crazy and that's crazy in your eyes it's not crazy so um do you can you remember your earliest experience where you realized you were being treated like some type of way because of maybe because of like your mannerisms that you had that have you know previously talked about? Um, I can't like really remember one specific moment or mm-hmm. anything, but um, yeah, just growing up, it was 
you know, just make general. sure they was driving that masculinity into me. Like, mm -hmm. you're going to be a boy. You're a boy. You're going to be a boy. You're going to do things that boys do. Yeah. Um, and even growing up, like I was saying, it was a curiosity. I didn't act on it. So I did have girlfriends. Mm -hmm. um, I was actually in a, a relationship with a female for like four years all throughout college. I mean, not college, but all throughout high school. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't, while I was with the female, I, there were curiosity, but it was nothing of I was doing homosexual things while I was with her. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually didn't even have my first homosexual experience until I got to college. Oh, so, wow. yeah, it was it was interesting. Hmm. Well, thank you for sharing about your past. Let's talk about um, what does it mean to, or what does it look like being a homosexual black man in America today, you know? Um... Being a homosexual black man in America today, um, there's still a lot of things that a lot of times you have to prove yourself mm -hmm. um, because there's there's still a lot of ignorance in the black community about being homosexual. Um, you know, some guys are un still uncomfortable, other straight guys are uncomfortable, you know, even being in the presence of a homosexual male. Mm -hmm. um, so... It's the understanding, because I've, I've got a lot of times people be like, oh, you're cool, you chill. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I understand that you have like this. I didn't this. think I would be anything but that. <laughs> right, <laughs> like, like, I understand, like, there are some there are some homosexual men who try straight men. Mm -hmm. I'm not that one. Mm -hmm. I'm not even going there. Like, you identify as a straight male, that's how I'm going to, mm -hmm. you know, interact with you. Mm -hmm. Um, there are conversations that we can have just like you have with your straight male friends. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I really can't get too much into sports talk mm -hmm. other than, you know, my home team, the Ravens. If we talk about the Ravens, what, what? we can talk about the Ravens all day. What, what, what? But if we just talk about football, <laughs> you talking about, yeah, this, this, and that, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to listen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you go ahead and talk. Right. Teach me something. Right. But, um, yeah, so, and I... I feel as though, like, you know, we still have a lot of, a long way to go to um, to get people more of our understanding and to feel more comfortable. Because mm -hmm. um, there are some some people, I have a few educator friends, mm -hmm. and they have told me about stories about how um, their parents who don't want them teaching their children because they're like, I don't want my child around a homosexual male. And, you know, because there are some, you know, in life in general, mm -hmm. all kinds of, you know, whatever you identify with, people have done some bad things. Mm -hmm. So, I tell people all the time, just the way a straight male can molest a young person, mm -hmm. it's the same way a gay male can do it. So, mm -hmm. just don't think just because that man is gay, he's going to be falling with your child. Mm -hmm. Like, no. A lot of homosexuals have the most respect for people because we had to gain that respect. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a, a issue in itself. And um, that's a big, uh, that's a huge stigma to try to like. That's like a that's a huge hurdle to try to jump over. Right. Exactly. I, yeah. I don't, 
Yeah. I mean, but it's, it's just like, I guess like with any any identification, right, you have different um, hurdles that you have to jump over, you know, for, uh, like for black women, it's being angry. Mm-hmm. Like whenever we, it's like sometimes it's like, hell yeah, I'm angry and I got reason to fucking be angry. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's that's huge. It is. That's something that I didn't even think about. I didn't even consider that, right? But I mean, I don't have to because I don't live that life, you know. Right. And then even in the community, you know, LGBT, um, they have added extra letters now. Mm-hmm. Um, but like to see so much with the transgender men, mm-hmm. how they're being killed mm-hmm. because they are transgender, like because. A straight male is is scared to be outed because honestly they have gone to that person once or twice for an exchange mm-hmm. and they're scared to be outed so they end up killing them like that's crazy mm-hmm. that that's that's a whole nother situation in mm-hmm. itself like it's it's very sad so let me ask you this in what ways um has your mental and emotional health taken a hit due to just your life experiences um, your life experiences ident- with your identification it's, it's been it, it's gone up and down um, the first thing of admitting to myself that I was homosexual mm-hmm. that was the biggest thing to me like so really identifying and knowing you know what I'm going to do um, how I'm going to you know interact with people mm-hmm. how um getting past the what are people going to think about me mm-hmm. I believe that was the biggest thing mm-hmm. not caring that you know oh he gay mm-hmm. I am yeah so learning to like navigate those um awkward or like negative social experience so what um what advice would you give to those who are struggling with self-identity and particularly those who are homosexual black black men um it seems like uh this is just my opinion like mm-hmm. everybody has one so you know take it or leave it but it seems like um it's more tolerable to be a gay white man or a homosexual white man mm-hmm. um versus being a homosexual black man and then just with, you know, with all of the things that black people, all the hurdles that um, black people have to jump socially just by being black. Mm-hmm. Right. But then to add the hurdle of identity on top of that, um, what advice would you think you might be able to give to someone? Um, I think my biggest advice is um, get a support system, get a group of people who support you for one because um, I believe that that would be the thing that hurts you the most Um, because there are going to be some people who are close to you who do not support your decision in life Um, so just being able to have that support system um, in the community there are some people who have gay families Um, I didn't grow up or I don't have you know a gay family but I have gay friends Mm -hmm. and you know, once I decided, because they had conversations with me before I even had conversations with myself. Mm-hmm. It wasn't necessarily about being homosexual, but they knew that I had feelings 
I, it's not even because I had that conversation with them. It's just like, you know, your friends. It's like, mm-hmm. and they're just like, you know, are you comfortable with who you are? Mm-hmm. So once I identified that, okay, I'm going to go with this, having their support with me, like, okay, you know, if nobody else loves you, I love you. Mm-hmm. So I really think having that support system, um, and just being able to just be open and have those conversations with your family members because like like my grandmother, mm-hmm. she was a little airy about it at first, but once I had a conversation with her and over time, she has become more comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's dope. Thank you for that. You're welcome. So we're gonna leave off on that note, y'all. That that would be, I think that would be the honey on top for today. Um, is to do your best to be you. You know, that's easier said than done, right? Um, for everybody, it's easier said than done for those who identify as um, something that society deems as quote unquote bad or negative or etc. You know, it is. Um, it's hard for those who, you know, are weird, <laughs> like me, <laughs> like, <laughs> but at the end of the day, like, you have to, you know, you have to do your, your best just to be you, you know, um, um, and living your truth, um, because once, once you really start living in your truth, that's where you find liberation, that's where you find your freedom, that's where you really, like, start to grow your wings. Exactly, you don't have to wear that mask anymore, you can... Exactly, like you said, lifting your truth. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a beautiful thing. All right, so well, we're going to go ahead and get out of y'all head because this um, episode has gone past like the normal length that we usually go, which is about 30 minutes, and we like hitting on 45, 46. So, look, it was good vibration. It was good vibes. Good energy. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> you having a good time, time goes by. It sure does. We had a, a few technical difficulties, but it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. So, Marky, I just want to thank you for coming on to the show. So, just a little bit, y'all. We did what I didn't get to tell y'all is that Marky was my king um, when we were in college at the University of Maryland Eastern Shore. Hulk Pride. Catch it. <laughs> but Marky was, um, he was my king. I was Miss UMES and he was Mr. UMES 2011, 2012. Yes. And we reigned supreme. Yes. Okay. Still reigned supreme. <laughs> Still reigned supreme. So. I'm really, I was really excited to be able to um, connect with Marky and get him onto the podcast because I knew some of his story and um, definitely wanted him to be able to share it with you all and, and for you all to, you know, pay it forward. If you know that there's someone um, who is struggling with their self-identity, pay it forward. Send the episode and let them hear it and um, help them be encouraged. So I thank you, Marky, for coming on and for encouraging my listeners. Um, and thank you for being a part of the collective, thank even before the, the collective started. <laughs> um, would you like to tell the people where you be at on on on, on um, social media? Sure, or? sure. Um, so you can find me on Instagram at Mark of a King. A lot of people be like Marco Faking, but it's Mark of a King. M A R K O F A K I N G. 
Um, I'm also on Facebook at um, Lamar Clark, or you can look me up, Monkey Clark, it'll still come up. Um, but thank you for the opportunity. Um, like I said, I am a part of the collective, so I have listened to uh, your podcast, and there have been a few podcasts that have got me through this quarantine. Oh, that's dope. So especially that dealing with a breakup during the quarantine, because mm-hmm. this quarantine has, I'm a living witness, this quarantine has made and break some relationships. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but thank you. Oh, you are very welcome. <laughs> you are very welcome. I love you. All right. So y'all already know where you can find me. I be mostly on IG, honey. So you can follow um, all things Honeycomb Collective at V-T-H-E-E Honeycomb Co. You can follow all things Vibes Yoga at Vibes with a Z dot yoga dot sessions. And you can follow um, me, your host, at Bohemian dot B-E-E. Special shout out to Bianca Penny of Beeswax Beauty. If you are in Baltimore, Maryland, you need to go down and see my girl once the quarantine is over and she is accepting clients. Um... And special shout out to the Funky Diabetic of No Sense Productions for giving me this sick track that I always get to speak over every week. I love you both and I appreciate you guys. Peace, kings and queens. Stay blessed and stay magical. You've been listening to the Honeycomb Collective Podcast, an independent podcast brought to you by your host, Brittany Harris. With special thanks to Vibes Yoga, Beeswax Beauty, No Sense Productions, and most importantly, you, the collective. I thank you and I love you. Peace and blessings.